It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Party, your home for the best Atlanta sports talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere but right here at Locked On. I'm your host, Tanitra Batista. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis and Maria Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And of course, our Atlanta Sports Party is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, the block is hot about a bear coming down south. We'll deep dive about it later, and we'll go around the metro to talk about arrivals and departures at State Farm Arena. But let's get this party started with a word from the Circle City. Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot talked about prioritizing getting the quarterback position right Tuesday at the NFL Combine. Jarvis, are the Atlanta Falcons putting a little too much pressure on themselves to get it right at the QB position? Yeah, because I, I think they're stating the obvious a lot, you know, to be honest with you, because you never want to put yourself in a, in a position where you feel desperate to, because it's like, hey, we're looking for a quarterback. <laughs> we got to get this right. And then because when you talk about all options being on the table, like whether it be via trade or a free agency, you never want to give off the impression that you're being, you know, desperate. Or I understand that you have a need, right? Everybody understands that. Y'all understand that y'all have a need, but I think that the more and more they kind of mention it, the more and more it seems like they're like, okay, all right, they might be getting a little desperate. And when you get put in desperate situations, especially when it comes to football and making a decision on the most important position or the most difficult position to play in sports, period, arguably, yeah, that's that's when that's when you get yourself in trouble, I feel. Maria, do you think that this kind of conversation and commentary that's a little bit Captain Obvious is impeding the Falcons' ability to leverage in any way? I don't. I don't whatsoever. And I think that it's fine that they are being so adamant about the fact that they need it because this is the reason why Arthur Smith is not in the building anymore. You know, I think we don't talk about it enough that the quarterback play really has hindered this team and they need somebody and they need them now. And, you know, Terry Fontenot is an artist when it comes to saying a lot without saying anything. And he did that all weekend or the one day that he talked in Indianapolis, he mentioned that all doors are open. It's free agency trade or the draft and they can move up or they can move down or they could stay at eight. Basically he's saying, you guys don't know what we're doing. We don't either. And I really do believe that the Falcons don't know yet. There's a lot of reports out there saying Justin Fields is coming X, Y, Z. I know we're going to talk about that, but I think that there are still so many moving pieces, and that's what Indianapolis is for. A lot of it is now Raheem Morris is not still there. Terry Fontenot, I'm not sure if he's there, but I know Raheem went home. He's doing a lot of these interviews over Zoom, but still, all of these teams are talking with each other this week. They're feeling each other out. What would it cost to get Justin Fields? What would it cost to get one of the top quarterbacks in this draft? I think all options are on the table, and I really do believe that the Falcons are very close to winning if they get the quarterback right. So I think it's okay that we're constantly talking about it, that they're saying, hey, we need to put the right guy in place because that tells me they're serious about winning, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think that the conversation 
for them is more about the fan base than it is about anybody else. I think they want the fan base to have an understanding that they know what the number one priority is for this team this offseason. And they're going to keep reiterating that we got you. We hear you. We know what we have or don't have in the quarterback room in Flowery Branch. So we're going to keep telling the world about it. Now, I think to the point going back about leverage, I think that because it's been so at the top of everybody's commentary. I mean, literally, I my ESPN radio show this past weekend, this is a national show. The topic of discussion was the Falcons QB position. So it really is something that the national media is honing in on because maybe of all of those top eight teams, particularly when you look at six through eight, right? And you look at where the biggest need is. And when I say six through eight, just meaning, you know, you're going to have a run of quarterbacks first, right? And you kind of know who needs a quarterback and who maybe will sneak in and get a wide receiver or an O-lineman or a pass rusher. And then there's kind of that next group, six through eight or even six through 10 and kind of where they're going to go. So I feel like the Falcons are more getting ahead of it because it's on everybody's mind. It's what everybody's kind of focused on nationally. And more importantly, I just think that they know they've got a fan base. They have seats to fill and they have to do everything. Every single day is about winning or should I say regaining the confidence of a fan base that is really kind of like shell shocked at this point because they're like, okay, we know the Matt, Matt Ryan debacle that happened when we went after Deshaun Watson and didn't quite get him. We yeah. know that four years ago we could have had Justin Fields, didn't get him or decided to you know, pass him. Now we have this opportunity in front of us. Is it Justin Fields? Is there an outside chance at Kirk Cousins? And then there's just Russell Wilson lingering out there. And then you may not have to go to the number one spot. Maybe you get lucky and you get to go to three and get Jaden Daniels, if you will. So I just feel like this is one of those where they're trying to get ahead of it. But Going back to what you said, Maria, about whether or not this is one of those things, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit more on the Justin Fields side, but the other piece there is this. Maybe you're talking about it because you just want to get it out there. And and Jarvis, before we go on, I want to give you an opportunity because I know you want to kind of come back to it before we go on to Raheem Mars. But yeah, I want to talk about that too, because I think there's another reason that maybe the Falcons are being so proactive about this conversation on QB. And I think that... I think, like, the more and more I think about it and, and what you just said, like, when you talk about the Matt Ryan debacle, right, the whole Marcus Mariota piece. And, and That's, then yeah. Not, not starting Desmond Ritter in yes. a year, in a wasted year, so to speak, with mm-hmm. Mar- Marcus Mariota at the, at the quarterback position. I think the the Falcons as an organization is is desperate to get this right, right? Because yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, they've messed it up so much. Like, they, the face of their franchise, they messed that up. Like, by yes. going after Deshaun Watson and, Agreed. and saying, hey, hey, big head, you want to stick around for a little bit? Nah, trade me. No, thank you. You. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, 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 it's time for me to go. So it's just a, like con- a continuous, and it kind of speaks to why you haven't been in the playoffs. You had these so many years of, you know, six years of, of losing record. Like, that's why you've been in the space you've been, because they haven't got it right. So I think that yeah. the Falcons as an organization, yeah, they, they're desperate for sure. And I think that Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot um, just need to make sure that they don't put themselves in situations where they are operating as if they're desperate. 
Yeah, and Maria, I kind of look at it like this too, where there were some comments that were made really more of Raheem Morris acknowledging that, hey, the quarterback play is kind of the reason he's here and that other guy who went up north is not. So, but I think that's okay because I feel like, Maria, there are going to be points where subtly, some might call it shade, but I'm going to call it subtlety. There may be subtle opportunities for Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot to continue to distance themselves from Arthur Smith. I think that's important because I think Raheem has, Terry has to distance himself from Arthur Smith because there are still questions on who made the call on Desmond Ritter, right? And then Raheem Morris has to continue to distance himself from Dan Quinn. I think they're really doing everything that they can to make sure that they establish themselves as kind of the new co-sheriffs in town, for lack of a better term, and that this quarterback position is going to be their first foray in showing you what kind of regime or, or what kind of, of staff and roster they can build. But some might say that was a little shady of Raheem when he talked about the quarterback play being the reason that he's here and maybe the reason that Arthur Smith isn't. Yeah, I don't really think it was shade. I think it was yeah. just honesty. <laughs> and and we all know that that's the truth, right? The way that things panned out with their third mm -hmm. round pick and Desmond Ritter was not yep. anybody's plan. I mean, nobody planned for that to happen, obviously. And they're all regretting it now, but they are trying to make a different step forward and telling everyone, hey, look, now we actually have the pieces, the resources, the opportunity to get someone who can change this office offense and can change this franchise. I think that's important. I, I don't, I didn't think it was shade at all. I thought it was honesty, which was nice and kind of refreshing, you know, yes. in, a week at, in Indianapolis, a lot of people say a whole lot without saying anything, going back to my Terry Fontenot part, it's, it's part of being a general manager. And I understand you have to be very careful with the words that you choose mm -hmm. while you're trying to make these big deals. It's obvious, but I think Raheem said enough without saying too much. And I thought that yeah. was really important. He also made a really good point to us on the side because, you know, all the coaches and, and GMs, they are at the podiums. But with local media, we, talk, we talked with Raheem Morris and he said, I am incredibly confident and I don't want to be shy about saying we get the right guy in here. We can be competitive very quickly. He also, I, I want to mention because this was all tied into that sentence of him saying he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the quarterback. He also gave credit to the staff before him and the staffs previous to that. So it wasn't an attack on anybody. He also said, you know, let's call a spade a spade. There are pieces in place because of guys that are not me and my staff that is in place. And yes, there is carryover from the previous staff as well. But yeah, Denitra, I think you make a good point. It's him trying to distance himself from last year and say, hey, look, I'm promising you guys that we are doing everything that we can to get the right guy in place. Let's move on from what's happened in the past. And I think that's very hard for people to do in general, but specifically teams of fans where they've been burned by yes. staffs in the past. So it, it's, it's damage control, if anything else. I don't think it was shade. Yeah. yeah, I think just to add to add to that, I feel like it was almost kind of a compliment as to the roster construction around the quarterback, right? Because, yes. like you said, yeah. if you have a quarterback, that means you have a, a team of, that's a, that surrounds him that that you can win with. So, with that with that being said, I feel like Raheem is, is a guy that the, the the transparency and honesty, Maria, I'm with you. Like that is so refreshing. It, it is. is so good not to have to read through comments of what coaches say like it's one yeah. thing about general manager like there are pretty much yeah but we yeah. have a coach that can be just honest open and honest mm -hmm. and talk about you know the him potentially not have an opportunity to be a head coach again because of the quarterback play 
Yeah, like I, I, I appreciate that, like because that's what we yeah. see, right? Like, like you said, we're on the level as far as his football acumen. Yeah, we can say that. That's fair, but we do understand. We do know what we see. We do understand that. Hey, Jasmine Ritter did not play well. Marcus Mariota did not play well. Like those guys weren't good quarterbacks, and the and Falcons have been. They've been very under average, very mediocre because of it. One yeah. more point really quickly. I think just going back to that initial comment from Raheem Jarvis, you triggered this in my brain, you know, for him saying, I wouldn't be a head coach here if it wasn't for the quarterback. It's furthering your point of this team is not a bad team, right? Not That's not what he said. It, he right. said it between the lines. This team is actually a good team. This team right. can be quote competitive very quickly is what he said as well if we get the right guy in place. So I think stressing the fact that the quarterback piece is so important is wonderful for this team. Because remember, some people may call it panic, but I call it opportunity because this team really does have the right pieces in place on both sides of the ball to be competitive. Yeah. It's just, you got to figure out the quarterback and they understand that they're just trying to be honest. Yeah. And I don't think it's a panic move either. I think at the end of the day, when you do have all of the pieces in place that they have, and you only need that one place, you need to keep reiterating and restating that message that not necessarily that we're one piece away, but we are one big player away to being that much more competitive, especially in a division where we can easily take this division. And yes, I said easily take it if they just get that one piece right. Well, you know, talking about moving parts is number one. About to hit 75 South, we'll chat it up when we come back. This episode of our Atlanta Sports Party is brought to you by FanDuel. Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Now, in the last 24 hours, it's gotten chilly again. So, you know, maybe you want to go and get that lightweight Coke this is how you can get it without busting your budget. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game, parlays, exclusive props, and more. So we've got the Hawks back in action tonight. They've got two games against the Nets. Might be a good opportunity for you to bet, especially with the Nets swooning like they are. So you can make a quick one. Also live same game parlays in game tonight, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is the official sports book partner of the NBA. So there's been a lot of trade buzz in Indianapolis about what the Bears will do with Justin Fields. A league source told NBC Sports Chicago that the Falcons have indeed checked in with the Bears about Fields. Maria, is this trade really about to happen? And if so, what does this mean for how the Falcons might approach the rest of the offseason? I know, right? It makes you chuckle because it's like the story of the day. And again, it was the top story on my radio show this past weekend. No matter what we tried to talk about nationally, it always came back to Justin Fields. And I get it. I totally understand. And it's all anyone wanted to talk to me about when I was in Indianapolis, <laughs> right? And I have a bunch of friends that work in Chicago. Right. And, and I asked them, I was like, hey, what's it like covering the Bears right now? And they just said, Justin Fields, like nothing else. You know, it's the only thing that anyone's talking about. And I don't, I got to be honest, I don't know if this trade is truly about to happen. I know that yeah. there are reports 
that's out there that it has and that it's about to happen. I just don't think any of that is true because remember, the Bears also need to meet with these top quarterback prospects. And as of what day is it? I've been in Indianapolis. As of Tuesday, they still hadn't done that. And as of Wednesday, they still hadn't done that. And they do need to meet with Caleb Williams. I know that that's very important to the Bears franchise. I was told that directly multiple times in Indianapolis. So nothing is going to happen with Justin Fields until they can feel out their other options and until they can talk to other teams. Now, a lot of people are of the belief that Justin won't be the quarterback in Chicago next year. Right. Where he's going to be, I'm not sure because you are going to have to give up some things for Justin. You are going to have to take on a lot of money. You're going to have to give him a lot of money. But I also still believe that a change of scenery would be incredible for him. And I do yeah. think, I, I tweeted it not too long ago, that the best is yet to come for Justin as a quarterback. You get him with the right coaches. He is a guy that works incredibly hard. A couple of people told me he is the first one in that building in Chicago and the last one out. And sometimes coaches have to be like, bro, we got to go home. That's how hard he works. And that's who you want to be a leader of your franchise. And, and Justin... I think being in Atlanta would be incredible. I really do. I know a lot of people aren't really happy about that, but I think when you get him around a guy like TJ Yates and Zach Robinson, both of them very brilliant offensively. TJ played the position. Zach played the position. There are so many quarterbacks on Raheem's roster of coaches that can help this kid out and untap some things that I think are there. And let's not forget, I think I said it on this podcast maybe last week, the Bears offensive line the first few years of Justin in Chicago, that is not fair. Horrible. Horrible. Horrible, right? And you can't really blame Justin for some of those things. And people are like, oh, he's running for his life. Well, yeah, look what's in front of him. And I think that this Falcons offensive line put Justin behind him, tweak some things, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, work on his passing a little bit. He can be obviously a little bit more accurate. Everyone knows that. He's got playmakers here. I mean, I like it. I think it would be great, especially because he's on the younger side of things when you talk about a Russell Wilson or a Kirk Cousins who would be plug and play. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one more point, because I could obviously talk about this all day. When you read between the lines of what Raheem Morris has been putting out there in Indianapolis, and he keeps saying competitive very quickly Mm -hmm. and all of these things, that doesn't feel like a young quarterback to me. That feels like someone who's been in the league. Yeah, I don't know. They may be trending a younger quarterback, but I also think this team shouldn't trade up to get a quarterback because they're going to have to give up way too much. And I don't think they're there yet. And I think also you've got a staff, whether you look at it, the head coach, the OC, the QB quarterbacks, just anybody on the sidelines for the bears. It was a I mean, a revolving door. So at Mm -hmm. any time in a young quarterback's career, how is he supposed to show you his best self when he doesn't even have the best to guide him? And then to your point about the weapons that are going to be around him, and we'll talk about one of the weapons that's being replaced in just a minute, but the weapons that are going to remain there and what could be added there in the offseason, I think speaks volumes because he'll have a serious run game and he's going to have pass catchers from his running back room. And then he's going to have, I do feel confident the Falcons are are going to give him another weapon to complement Drake London and whatever Kyle Pitts might be able to do this season. So again, Maria, like you said, not just different surroundings as in change of scenery, but all of the quality pieces of the, that would come with that change, I think could be very, very helpful in what he's able to do, what Justin Fields is able to do, should he make his way down 75 South and come back to Atlanta. Yeah, I think one of the things that 
you know, to Maria's point, a hundred and I mean, been sacked one hundred and thirty-five times in his first three years in the league. Three Ooh. years. That three man years. is hurting. One hundred and thirty-five. And Jarvis, yeah. that's that doesn't include the QB hits. Uh. Right, exactly. That's not that include him the amount of times he's been hit too. So, yeah. like, when you think about just the the resiliency that he's shown being up there, and being and also the guy being the first guy in like Maria mission and, and the last guy out. That, that shows you dedication because yeah. I feel like, and, and my whole thing is on the Justin Fields piece. I know people, you know, some people kind of feel a certain type of way about it. I, I look at it like this: the dude has shown that he can be a quarterback in the NFL. He's shown he's flashed. He's flashed, and I think that when you look at what he will be surrounded with when he gets down here, I feel like there it's a better situation for him. To be honest with you, because we look at what Matt Eberflus. I don't see him being that co- that coach for that team for the long term. Like now, granted, right. defense has played better. Don't get me wrong, but Ryan Poles is in a situation where he's kind of working with playing with house money because, like, he hasn't picked his quarterback yet. He inherited Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and you know when it comes to Matt Eberflus, that was a kind of a uh, they got they um they had a, a hiring committee, you know, um, actually choose him. So he really had to choose. He hasn't um, hired his own coach yet. So. Mm-hmm. That's when you think about that situation as far as with Justin Fields, and I feel like a better environment for him. We know Raheem Morris is going to be here. We understand what he is. We understand that Zach Robinson was was a coveted offensive coordinator. So I think that with the situation where the where the Falcons are right now and and the the environment, I feel like it's a better fit for him to be successful or have more success consistently. So let me ask you guys this question: What do you think when we talk about you know, there being this contingent that just really doesn't want Justin Fields in that QB position. What do you think is that thing driving it? Is it that, oh my goodness, what if they make a a bad decision again on QB? Or is it that people are more convinced that there's someone better out there, be it Cousins or, or, or Wilson, or even someone better in the draft? Is it, hey, you know, what if it doesn't work out now? Are you going to be stuck with him for the next couple of years? What's, what do you guys feel like is the number one thing driving this? I think it's a conglomerate of all the things you just mentioned. And I also think it's the fact that Terry Fontenot passed, which I don't believe passed on Justin Fields when he was available in the draft. And I think that that's what it goes back to for a lot of fans is from what I understand. And the fact that, yeah, if if it's another miss, now you're stuck with another contract and you're looking for somebody else. And so in the minds of a lot of people who are against this Justin Fields thing, they think there is a sample size big enough that they don't like from him in Chicago. So why would it be different here? Well, you've seen that happen with tons of quarterbacks in the NFL. They can go to a different team and show you something else. I mean, look at yeah. how Justin was in college and look at what he has shown you in his last year in Chicago, this past yeah. year, not saying it's the last year, but this right. previous year in Chicago. There are moments from Justin that make me believe, again, that we have not seen the best from this quarterback. So uh, I think it's a conglomerate of all of these ideas around Justin Fields. And a lot of people like fresh. They like shiny. They like new. Well, there's also a risk when it comes to people that you've never seen play in the NFL. It is a different game. It's different for Caleb Williams. It'll be different for Jaden Daniels. It'll be different for J.J. McCarthy. Bo Nix, whoever you want to insert in this draft class, you don't know what they're going to give you. You know what Justin can do. At least I thought that he showed you glimpses of that this past year. So I don't understand it. I think it mostly goes back to he was available. The Falcons didn't get him X, Y, Z. I think there were just a few more variables at play and not just passing on Justin Fields. 
Indeed. I think for me, I feel like it goes back to when when you know, Justin was in college, right? When he was down in Georgia. So why why would he be able to, you know, come here and, and be successful um as a quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons? And and I even thought I thought it was kind of interesting when um Justin was on the podcast with the uh, uh on the third third, I think thirty third podcast. Yeah, thirty thirteen. Uh so um thirty thirteen, yeah. So it it was and he it talked about he was talking about how his his time down in Georgia, he was saying how it was BS playing time because, you know, when yeah. he got in the game, they didn't even really throw, throw the football. And he was kind of told that this was going to be a, like a real quarterback competition. And, and it just wasn't the case. And I felt like the same way, you know, um, when during that time back in 2020. So when you think about all those things that, that came out uh, about him as far as how he could read defenses and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like, you hear some of the people uh, regurgitating some of that same stuff now. And I was like, dude, the man went on went to throw, what, 50 touchdowns in Ohio State? Yeah. <laughs> you know, as soon as he left Georgia. So I think I think it's like a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, a lot of narrative stuff, like, and not necessarily people saying, hey, I looked at the film or and I see that this guy can't be a – a, a viable starter for the Falcons. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a lot of stuff that has happened in the past and people aren't looking to reevaluate and look out for what he is now. Yeah, and it's amazing because normally it's the recency effect of what you do to Maria's point about what Justin Fields showed us in that third year or third season of his time with the Bears. We're going to stay in Flowery Branch because there's a move that was made this week that might give us some indication of where they're going in the offseason, but we're also going to take a trip downtown when we come back and go around the metro. So we found out that the Falcons are releasing Jonu Smith. The team announced that Tuesday by parting ways with Smith Jarvis. The Falcons are going to save about six and a half million dollars towards the salary cap, according to OverTheCap.com. Where do you think they should invest this cap money? Or maybe where they will invest it. Oh wow! Uh, wow, can they can they go out and get a cornerback? Can they get somebody opposite of AJ Terrell? AJ Terrell can, we stop, can we stop spinning the wheel of uh, average to below average quarterbacks uh, yeah. opposite of uh, AJ Terrell? You know, yeah, go out and, and then you know, obviously, you know, it's it's trade buzz season or and free agency season as well. You know. Falcons have been connected with uh, LeJarrius Sneed, the cornerback yeah. for the Kansas City Chiefs. When you think about what he was able to bring to the table for the Chiefs and being that guy that can take away that that, that number one wide receiver and just the way he plays it, plays so tight in coverage and just the, the long arm skills and everything like that. So, yeah, when you think about freeing up money and, you know, they can even, I think they even save like $6 million or even $7 million with, uh, t- if they uh, were to release Taylor Heineke. So when you think about that, freeing up that type of money, Starting with John o. Smith, um, I, I I get excited because like when you talk about adding to that defense and, and being able to fortify that thing, you talk about a secondary that can be very very scary. Indeed, and you know Maria, I don't think Lajarius Sneed's numbers speak to his importance or his impact to that Kansas City Chiefs offense because yeah, sixty solo tackles, only two interceptions, but last I checked. I I don't think we really have a whole lot of interceptions from that corner space from the Falcons this past year might have been actually a zero if I remember correctly and then 14 passes defensed in this season but I think if you listen to the Chiefs particularly if you watched his play in the postseason he was to your point Jarvis that lockdown and that that shutdown corner and that's what AJ Terrell has been missing there was I can remember 
even really the last couple of seasons where it was kind of like, hey, we already know, just don't throw that way. And we could get other opponents knew that they could get exactly what they want. And also, Maria, I think that we spend so much time and we've all spent so much time talking about the quarterback position and where the need is there. Obviously, there is always going to be a need at edge, but I think we don't talk about the corner position because if you guys remember back when we started having this conversation last, I'll say even after last offseason, I want to say like right there around uh, voluntaries like OTAs and right there around training camp, everybody felt like the secondary was the strength of the defense and it turned out not to be that case. So now we're having this conversation again, and that may be where anytime you have the resources that you need to kind of get over that hump, because you kind of not sure what Clark Phillips, the third is going to be Jeff Okuda didn't kind of give you what you needed. This might be that next space where the biggest need is. Yeah. And Jeff Okuda is set to hit free agency. We don't yeah. know what they're going to do Let with him, him, obviously. Uh, CP3, we'll call him Clark yeah. Phillips the third. You know, they, they drafted him and I, I think he um overexceeded expectations. I yeah. don't know that they really thought that he was gonna get as much playing time as he did. And it was a question whether or not he was actually gonna make the roster out of training camp, and he did. He surprised some people. Um, you know, in his rookie season, I think he did some very nice things, but yeah, he's not the answer, right? You know, they're very, very thin in the secondary that was proven this past year. And Luckily enough for the Falcons, they hired a defensive minded guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that he's surrounded himself with enough offensive coaches to talk about the quarterback, but go to Raheem for the secondary and ask him about all of these things because he knows, and yes. that will be a priority for him as well. We all know quarterback is a priority. We all know they're probably going to add another skill player as well. We know they need another wide receiver for sure. They need one more piece um, and getting rid of a guy like Johnny Smith who had personal ties to Arthur Smith. And again, mm -hmm. did some nice things for the Falcons. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know why it really makes sense to keep him around and right. free up the money, which is really smart. The Falcons have money to play with that they haven't had in a long time. This is a Indeed. wonderful position for Raheem Morris and his staff to be in. And so I think that, yeah, corner is thin and it's not talked about enough because all everybody wants to talk about right now is the quarterback and the edge position. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that you do need to add there and AJ Terrell needs a veteran Yes. Lockdown corner to learn from. I've thought that ever since he came in and the Falcons haven't had that really. So I think bringing somebody in like Sneed, if that does happen, would be wonderful. Yeah, agreed. And I think, too, if we go back to the offensive side and what that could mean, it might be a tip of the hand as well that we're not going to see as much maybe yeah. 12, 13 personnel. Maybe we go back into a traditional personnel set that Zach Robinson is going to utilize. We shall see. Now the Hawks made a move earlier this week as well, or, or earlier this morning, <laughs> excuse me, the Hawks waved Patty Mills or are waving him according to the athletic and stadium. Of course, 15 year veteran. He's shot about 38% from three in a limited role this season. And there's talk that the Hawks are going to, in essence, move Trent Forrest back up because of course they couldn't play him after a set number of games that he kind of uh, met the, the, I don't want to say the men, the max for. So that said, Jarvis, uh, what do you think this move ultimately means in letting Patty Mills go? We get to see more Kobe Bucket. I'm ready. Let's <laughs> sign me up. I want to see. Go Kobe. Yeah, that was what the rookie yes. got. Right? Yes, yes. I want to see that man get get more playing time. Like the more he plays, the more I get excited about the, this Hawks team because we know that the development piece has been something that we talked about. We talked about it in another basketball party yesterday, 
And that's what that's the one thing that the Hawks have been able to be successful, have some success in and developing players. Indeed. And Maria, when I look at another piece that we're constantly going to be watching for the rest of the season, because it'll be three and a half more weeks before Trey Young is even evaluated, knowing we're going to have him out for the stretch, how who has the most to prove on this team or who kind of gives you hope down the stretch in, in Trey's absence for them to make the postseason or even for the future? Kind of where do you see someone saying, hey, that guy needs to step up. I've got hope. Well, I, I don't even think it's really for the future, but DeJounte Murray is going to carry this team for the rest of the year. And yeah, we've already happen. seen that a little bit from Trey Young's absence. And I think what's really unique about Trey's absence is we've never seen the Hawks without him for more than four plus games. So what that tells me is this gives you a sample size as to is Trey going to be around in the future? This will tell you. Who would they survive without him? What would they need without him if we're talking about trading Trey Young in the future? So this is an opportunity for the Hawks to really evaluate their roster in a unique way. I'm not saying trade Trey away by any means, but they've never seen this team without him. What do they look without him? They need pieces. They haven't traded. They haven't gotten anything. They haven't done anything. They haven't made any moves. They've modeled after the Braves in the extend all of our players, except the difference is the Hawks don't win and they don't win with this roster. So extending all of the players, you've got to do something else. You have to move yeah. some pieces around. So Trey's absence, I think, is going to tell us a whole lot more than anything else. We appreciate you guys for stopping by the Atlanta Sports Party. The Locked On Sports Atlanta YouTube channel is now streaming live 24-7. All things Atlanta Sports 24-7. And remember, you can like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and let everybody else know to do the same. We're also free and available wherever you download your podcasts. We'll see you on the Atlanta Football Party on Monday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.